or visitor here today, we welcome you. We're glad that you're here today and you joined us today at LifePoint Church. How do we feel about our guests and visitors? God is good. And to quote our great pastor, this service is what you make it. So I want to walk in his victory today. I want to walk in the Lord's authority today, but it depends on the choice that I make today. And boy, it's no better day. As the psalmist would say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Ushers, if you would, please come. Hold on, y'all don't be seated yet. It's hard to get to your pockets if you're if you're seating, if you're if you're seating, if you're sitting. We don't want anybody seating. Lord, we thank you for this time today. We thank you, Lord, for every person here, every guest, every visitor, every saint, Lord. We thank you today. We thank you for this opportunity to give, Lord. We ask that you bless both the gift and the giver. Bless the remainder of this service. And we thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's continue to worship.
situations and uh, so we're going to go to the Lord in prayer I want to do something we don't do every single service uh, but oftentimes we give you an opportunity the Bible said if you'd anoint with oil pray the prayer for, that, that's, that's one of our anchors right there if you'd anoint with oil pray the prayer of faith it could be done if you have enough money in your pocket got the right education no he said it shall yes, amen. and so I want to invite you as we go around the room just lift your hand if you have a prayer request you don't have to speak it maybe it's just unspoken there's so many needs I know of many many situations and, uh, and if you need prayer for your body or for a situation in your life I want you to come I'll ask our ministers and elders to come and we're going to pray for you and I believe, all right, I believe, I believe. We're just giving Brother, Brother Danny Stanton a few moments, and he's had a, had a setback. But we've seen miracles already. And if he's done it before... Hey, let's say this one more time. If he's done it before, well, we know he can. That don't even take faith. If he's done it before, say, he will do it again. Amen. We're going to pray right now. Right now. Lord, you see Brother Mark Henry. Lord, you see for what he stands right now. God, you see his family. You see his children. God, you see every need in his life. God, according to your power, according to your name, according to the blood that flowed from that whipping post and from Calvary's tree, we declare your goodness and your mercy right now over Aaron, Lord, a complete restoration right now in Jesus' name. Restore his mind, restore his thoughts, restore his health in Jesus' name. We declare it done. We declare it done. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. God, you see Randy right now. Lord, I ask you to sharpen his mind tomorrow when he goes and sets for those tests 
Lord, things that will put his family's future in order. We just ask you to bless him, Lord. Draw all things back to his remembrance. You're an awesome God. You've touched this family. You've blessed. You've healed. You've delivered. They've been baptized in your name, filled with your spirit. They're anchored to you, Lord. We just ask you to touch right now in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for Sister Kimberly's mother, and we're glad they got her moved here. Uh, I think that's a permanent move, and uh, unless she gets tired of them, or they get tired of her. But I'll tell you what, she's in the right place for a miracle right now. Amen? I believe that. In the name of the Lord Jesus, God, we declare your goodness and your mercy and your healing right now. God, you're not bound by a doctor's report. You're not bound by the turn of a calendar. You're not bound by years. You're not bound by anything, Lord, except our faith. And our faith is high today. We believe you're going to heal. We believe there's a testimony coming out of this prayer. We speak that. We believe that. We declare it over this life, over this home, over this family that you love so much you died for while we were yet sinners. In Jesus' name, right now, Lord, she's pouring her heart out to you. She's giving it all to you right now. Lord, touch her spiritually, physically, emotionally, every kind of way. You just do your thing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While the Lord's working on a miracle right there. I believe the Lord can touch Brother Danny Stanton. Now, he's brought him this far through some other situations, and I'm not going to go into anything else. If he wants you to know about it, he'll tell you about it. But they got a report the other day that would cause anybody to be bothered. But you know what? I thought about that statement and then realized we're not just anybody. We don't have to come as beggars. Our Father is the King. And he's a great physician. Amen. We're going to declare. We prayed just yesterday together, but we're going to do it again now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name, above every sickness, above every darkness, above every doctor's report. God, what you've delivered us from before, you're capable of that and so much more. And we declare a miracle. The next time they look at those pictures, oh, there's been a mistake. There's been a mistake. We believe that. We declare that. Every thought that the enemy would bring of fear, we curse that by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. I won't be drugged down by fear and worry. I am more than an overcomer, more than a conqueror. Lord, you see Sister Nancy standing right now. Touch her mind, Lord, as she loves and cares for her husband. We declare it done. We declare the miraculous in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe it, why don't you worship him right now? Yes, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus, right now. Lord, she's been baptized in your name. Filled with your spirit, anchored to your kingdom. God, we declare your goodness and your mercy over her life right now. Lord, again, I say, you're not bound by time or age. You're not bound by a doctor's report. 
but we declare right now that something begins to change even as we pray not tomorrow not the next day we believe you're still a God of immediately of right now of this moment in Jesus name just declare it with me sister Lamanac it is done it is done It is done. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God, if you made it, you can maintain it. God, as we continue just to give our life to you. Lord, it's all yours. And you see what's ailing me now. I declare your goodness and your mercy over this body and over this life. Lord, the deeper we reach for you, the more we find your goodness, the more we're anchored to your church, the more we can resist the storms and the pains that come against us in this life. I declare a healing. I speak your mercy, your grace, your love, your understanding over my sister right now. But more than my sister, she's your child. She belongs to you. And we declare healing. Touch her right now, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Woo! My, my. Come on, let's praise him across this building. Come on, hey, Brother Jerry, come right here. A few of you right here. The Lord's going to do something special. I believe it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God, you see Brother Bradley, Sister Melody. Lord, you see this family. I ask you to touch them, Lord. God, I don't know what he stands for here today, whether it's physical or spiritual or emotional or relational. I don't know, but here's what I do know. He's in the right place at the right time with the right blood and the right name. And he stands here making a declaration today that he trusts in you, that he trusts in the prayers of the church body. And we just speak it done right now. Come on, Brother Bradley, declare it with me right now. It's settled already. It's settled already. It's settled already in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, you see Hannah right now. You see our young people. When the enemy would come in like a flood, your spirit would raise up a standard against it right now. Satan, you can't have our young people. You can't get into our young people's minds. You can't consume them with things of this world. But we declare that something new's happening, that there's a chain breaking, that there's a wall coming down, the light's coming on in these needs and situations. We declare it done right now with your authority and your power in Jesus' name. Hannah, won't you slip your hand heaven and say God I surrender to you right now I surrender my life to you I don't just want what's in your hand I want your heart in Jesus name God, you see this sciatica right now. God, it's 
dangerous. But I ask you right now just to reach down and touch this faithful saint of God. Lord, one more time, we declare your goodness. She's been baptized in your name. Filled with your spirit. Faithful.
Come on, why don't you just lift your voice and just tell me you love it. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. All those that are usually here, you see them out. Most of those are very serious emergencies. And uh, again, I apologize, but I had such a list. And the Lord knows all of those names. Many of those are traveling to be with family members uh, as situations are going on. And uh, I, I just I ask you to pray for me this coming Wednesday. I've uh, been asked to do a funeral of a young man from our area. Many of you know him, 21 years old. was killed in an automobile accident uh, on the job in Minnesota. And uh, I don't know that young man. Maybe met him a time or two at some place in passing. It's always tough anyway. And then when you don't know them. And so I just ask you, that service is on Wednesday in the afternoon. And I just ask you to be in prayer for me about that. A couple of announcements. Next week is Easter. And I love Resurrection Sunday. I, I just, I, I love it. And we have a, a 6 a.m. sunrise service here and communion and a regular schedule. It's a busy day. Most people go home and just crash when it's over. And I'm one of the most. And uh, so that gives us three services on Easter, 6 a.m., 10 a.m., and 11 o'clock. If you can't make the 6 and the 10, I would invite you to come to the 10 and then... Get your rest in and be here at 11. I'd invite you to come to the 6 and be here at 11. Miss the 10 if you have to miss something. Even though Brother David will be teaching and that will be wonderful. Uh, I, I would rather you be at 6 a.m. And uh, so, uh, amen. That's what good son-in-laws are for. The day before that, on Saturday, we do our annual uh, Easter outreach and right now it looks like we may get some rain but we're going to do what the Lord said about his return we're just going to work until he comes right. we're going to just work unless it rains and uh, so we're going to need a lot of help those of you that sent me some text messages some of you I hadn't even responded I've got your name on a list I'm going to send you a text over the next couple of days one of us will normally I don't do this and my wife doesn't do this but uh, it's a special day and uh, Sister Rima and Brother Jamie uh, handle that for us uh, but they're going to be uh, traveling he got a trip together I think for their anniversary and fell on Easter and uh, we, did, we didn't get real real upset at you Brother Jamie we did, it was just like you took our quarterback from the Super Bowl but I mean it's okay you know uh, now all is well amen so we're going to cover that and we still do need some help but let's get to the business at hand right here I'm ready to hear the word of the Lord. I'm ready to hear it. We have been honored in this church. But before the singers go, let me just finish this little, this little segment of announcements here. We, we have been honored in this church. Many, many of you are not familiar uh, with our church, our organization much. And, and you, don't, you don't have to be to go to heaven. You don't have to be. And I was telling uh, Brother Flowers, I said, you know, a lot of, a lot of those people don't, don't even know. I mean, first generation church, period. They ain't worried about nothing else. They just want to go to heaven. And that's all I want to do. 
I'm not, I'm not even all that concerned about where I go from. I just want to make sure I get there. And, uh, but we have a great organization. Our North Texas district is led by a good man, Brother Richard Flowers, and he's our uh, district superintendent. We've been blessed. Brother Daryl Weber, Brother Tom Fred Tenney, Brother Kevin Cox, Brother Danny Russo, and Brother Kevin Prince. Every superintendent I've ever had has preached for us in this building. And that's a high honor. That's a high honor because I always want our superintendents to be able to go to heaven. You know, and, and if, they, if they don't preach in Terrell on a Sunday, it's tough to make it. You know, and, and so I told Brother Tenney years ago, I said, now you can go. And I told Brother Weber, I said, don't you feel good? Now you'll be able to go to heaven. And so we really, we wanted to hear from Brother Flowers, but we more than anything want him to be saved. <laughs> no, Brother Flowers, uh, pastors, uh, church at my family. Uh, of course, he's retired now, but uh, pastored for many, many years, about 40, close to it, I believe, at Emmanuel and Mesquite. My family comes out of that church, the old Dallas church, Paul Hush. And uh, my mom and dad met and were married in that church. And uh, so my roots go back. Not only is he my uh, superintendent, not only his son that pastors the church there now in Mesquite, Brother Chad and his son Chase that just launched their their work, not only is he a good father and a good leader, but he's my friend. And uh, every now and then, uh, if I would need to have lunch with somebody that's got a credit card, I could just call him. And uh, so we're honored. I want us to stand in honor of the man of God and in honor of the Lord. And I want us to give our good. I've asked him to sing. Now, a lot of preachers ministers don't like to do that because preachers preach but he's a tremendous singer that used to tour and sing and make records so it's been a while it was records but he's a singer and we want to hear from him and I want us to just give our good district superintendent brother Richard Flowers a great hand and let's say to him what we say to everybody else brother Flowers if you'll preach the truth I We'll help you. And I need his microphone. In Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a great hand clap. Praise God. All right. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands loud. Make a joyful noise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. You may be seated. I... I am glad. I like every insurance policy I can get about eternal life. And if this helps me get to heaven, well, this won't be my last time I hear. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Praise God. It is a high honor to stand in this pulpit and to be with you today. And uh, I have to say, um, I, I've known... Many of you through the years, Brother Russell Hathcock came to this town, I believe about the same time I came to Dallas in 1980. And uh, I watched this church. I watched the great work that he did through the years uh, to have his son here now. Uh, 
I love to hear Brother Rusty Hathcock preach. I hear him at the men's conference. He's always the keynote speaker for that conference. And uh, I think this past year, him talking about preaching about towers, uh, he may have preached the message of that whole conference, and he was just the keynote. But uh, what a great man. What a great family. Amen. It's, it, I, I mean that with all my heart. And I am proud that, that Emmanuel Church can take a little bit of pride in the fact that uh, uh, we have this deep connection that is, uh, that is so wonderful and solid. Amen. I see other members of this church that I have known and loved through the years. And I'm so very, very happy to see all of you. And I thank God for you. Amen. I saw Rodney down here on the front. I've known Rodney since he was Rod. Amen. Amen. And uh, uh, he was in our youth group. And uh, he's, I don't know if he's still a handful, but he was a handful back then. But I've loved this guy a long time. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, I, I am in a different phase of life. I pastored for 40 years, uh, enjoyed, enjoyed every, every day of it, and uh, had a wonderful, wonderful time with the church in Mesquite, and uh, our son is there now. The church is doing wonderful, and we are so very grateful for that. Uh, this, this new shift in our life, we didn't see it coming when it happened. Uh, we had put in a transition plan in the church. Our son began to work with us on a five-year plan. And uh, uh, 11 months after we uh, put in this transition plan, North Texas District was born. And the brethren were kind enough and honored me to be their superintendent. And uh, we have had a wonderful, wonderful experience. I, I am not at Emmanuel much anymore, and that's a bit of, a, of, a, of an adjustment, but I travel the district primarily. I'm outside the district every once in a while, but primarily the North Texas district, and I, it, it is, it is a, an inspiration to me to see what I see in all of our churches, and there is a common thread in all these congregations, this reaching for the, a move of God this desire for divine intervention, this, this, this in, insatiable hunger for more of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Praise God. I received the Holy Ghost. Let me say I'm glad to see Brother and Sister Emerson. I love the Emersons and uh, thank God for them. And uh, he has been always so wonderful and, and positive, and I thank God for them and their years in Forney. I praise God for that. Hallelujah. And all the folks that were with them there, amen. Praise God. Uh, I received the Holy Ghost when I was nine years old. Uh, I just turned 70. So I have been talking in tongues for 61 years. Praise God. And I... I'm thankful. I've seen a lot. I've, there's not much that goes on in Pentecost that I haven't seen. Some of it I wish I had not seen. But I've seen a lot. 
when I was, I received the Holy Ghost at nine, and when I was 12 years old, I began to travel with my brother who was 14. He was the preacher, and uh, we began to evangelize, and we traveled primarily through the district of Tennessee, the state of Tennessee, and uh, Mississippi and Alabama, and over in that part of the United States, and uh, every, every day after school was out, Mama and Dad would put us on a bus and uh, send us down the road, and we'd meet up with them later in the summer somewhere, but uh, we'd end up in a little town where there'd be a pastor pick us up at the bus station and take us, and we would start a revival meeting, and then we would... Uh, be picked up on Saturday night by another pastor, and they'd take us to his church, and we were just carted around uh, all summer from church to church because my brother wasn't old enough to drive. And uh, then when he turned 16, my dad had a Datsun. Everybody remember the Datsuns? Some people said Datsuns. We always said Datsun pickup truck. And uh, so we, we really felt like we were in high cotton then because we had our own wheels and uh, we we traveled God was good to us amen when I was 19 years old my brother fired me and uh, he had met a pretty little red-headed girl that he felt she could play and sing better than me and uh, they just celebrated 50 years of marriage and uh, he went on to be a missionary for 30 years and and uh uh, has served the Lord. This is all we have ever known. This is all we've ever known. Amen. And I am very, very thankful for the goodness of the Lord. I have, I have studied the Word of God. I have, I have made it my life's ambition to try to be right with God. And uh, I am convinced that we have a revelation of the mighty God in Christ and we understand what it's going to take to be saved. Amen. And uh, so I've never, I've never questioned or I've never, I've never thought, well, maybe there's somebody else that's got a better message. I think we've got it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. I think we've got it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I, I am going to go over here and, and, and Play and sing a little bit. I do love music, and uh, uh, it's been a real, real major part of my life. When uh, when I was 20 years of age, uh, I received an invitation to move from Memphis to Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, work in the local church there. Brother C.M. Beckton had pastored that church. He was not currently the pastor. Uh, Brother James Boutwell was the pastor and invited me to come and do the music in their church. He offered me a full-time position, and uh, I jumped at it. He paid me $75 a week, and uh, I had a Volkswagen, an orange Volkswagen named Tater, and, uh, and I took off to Nashville, and uh, I, was, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought, well, I'll go try it for, for six months, and if I don't like it, I'll come back home. But I, uh, I went there and just absolutely loved it, loved the church. The people were amazing, and uh, it was a great church, still a great church to this day. And uh, those people were so good to me. And from there, God called me to preach the gospel, and uh, I was blessed to travel and evangelize. Uh, eventually ended up in Texas, and then in 1980 came to Dallas. And uh, we have 
considered ourselves very, very fortunate, very blessed, an incredible church that uh, was so kind to us for all these years. Praise God. Amen. So I need you to worship. I'm in a Pentecostal church. I know where I'm at. Amen. So the only time I the only time I get uncomfortable is when things get real quiet. Amen. I'm used to noise. Uh, I always liked that. I thought it was an interesting choice of words in the scripture. Make a joyful noise. You don't have to be able to sing. You don't have to be able to carry a tune. You don't have to be able to march in step with everybody else. Amen. It just says, make noise to the Lord. Amen. I believe heaven's going to be a noisy place. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I, I listen to your music. I always pay attention to the singing. I, I, uh, when, you're, when you uh, have a music background, you, you tend to focus on things that a lot of people don't. And uh, I am so impressed with your, your, your music, your talent, the, uh, the vocals of, uh, of the singers. Amen. God bless them. And, and uh, most of the time, when the presence of the Lord begins to fall, it's going to come because there's a preacher preaching truth. Or there are people singing truth. Amen. But truth is going to be a major part. Amen. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love.
a song that never will grow old. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. ago with our district, I found this little book in this bookstore and I bought it. I bought it for a number of reasons. I like the author, Mark Batterson, and uh, also it's very small so it doesn't take a long time to read and so I like that. At the opening chapter, I want to read this first chapter, it's just a couple pages. I want to read it to you. A century ago, a band of brave souls became known as one-way missionaries. They purchased single tickets to the mission field without the return half. And instead of suitcases, they packed their few earthly belongings into coffins. As they sailed out of port, they waved goodbye to everyone they loved, everything they knew. They knew they would never return home. A.W. Milne was one of those missionaries. He set sails for the New Hebrides in the South Pacific, knowing full well that the headhunters who lived there 
had martyred every missionary before him. Milne did not fear for his life because he had already died to himself. His coffin was packed. And for 35 years, he lived among the tribe and loved them. When he died, tribe members buried him in the middle of their village and inscribed this epitaph on his tombstone. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. When did we start believing that God wants to send us to safe places to do easy things? That faithfulness is holding the fort. That playing it safe is safe. That there is anything, that there is any greater privilege than sacrifice. That radical is anything but normal. Jesus didn't die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. Faithfulness is not holding the fort it's storming the gates of hell the will of God is not an insurance plan it's a daring plan the complete surrender of your life to the cause of Christ isn't radical it's normal it's time to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. It's time to go all in and all out for the all in all. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I've, I've enjoyed this service today and I am aware of the time and uh, I... I ask about what time you customarily get through. I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not, I'm, not uh, I'm probably not known as short-winded, but I don't think I'm long-winded. I try to just stay right pretty much in the middle. But I am going to tell you that back in, uh, I believe it was September, I was in Jacksonville, Florida, had been there for a funeral, and they asked me to stay and preach over on Sunday. And uh, I'd never, well, let me say that I had been in this church some years ago. It had been a long time since I'd been there. And they had built a new facility, and I had never been in that facility before. And uh, they had a clock on the back wall. I haven't found a clock in this room at all. I don't know if that's good or bad, and, but I haven't found a clock. But they had a clock on the back wall. And... Uh, when I, when I got up, it, the, the clock had a dark face, and I could barely make it out in the shadows back there on the back wall. And uh, I, I, I could see the, the, the minute hand. And so I, I began to preach, sing a little bit, enjoyed that, sing a little more. They all seemed to enjoy it, so I sing a little more, sing probably way too much. Then I got up and began to preach. And
And I kept trying to watch that clock, and I could not believe how slow time was passing. I was enjoying myself. When I got through, I came down off the platform. My wife was the first person to me. That's not a good sign. She said to me, she said, what's wrong with you? I said, well, I don't know what you tell me. You've always been a pretty good judge of what's wrong with me. Tell me, tell me now what's wrong with me. She said, you went forever. I said, well, I don't think so. I said, according to that clock back there, I've, I've been preaching about 45 minutes. She said, an hour and 45 minutes. She said, they, they forgot to move their clock forward. I, I, they, they were an hour behind, and I brought them up to time in that service. This, this is the truth. When I got when 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 I pointed out to them that clock, they immediately took it down and corrected it because they didn't want the next preacher doing that to them again. I haven't even found a clock in this house, so amen. Praise God. You are a beautiful church. You're a wonderful congregation. Your your reputation is stellar. You have great leadership. You you need to you have every reason to rejoice. You got a great future. You're planning to build a new facility. I understand all of that. We're excited with you about that. Hallelujah. I got to say, Brother Hathcock leads our men's department in the district, and uh, I have called on him numerous times. He is always so positive and ready to respond, and I'm always asking him about his building. I'm anxious. Uh, matter of fact, every time I drove, drive by on the interstate out there, I tell my wife, I say, that's where Brother Hathcock's going to build his new church. And it got to where she's, when I say, I say, you see that sign? She said, I know, I know that's where Brother Hathcock's going to build his new church. But I am excited about the future. I'm excited about, let me, let me tell you what you, need to, what you need to understand about who you are. When you start thinking about yourself, don't think about What's, what is right now. Nothing wrong with what is right now. But you know what? You've all got a seat here. Amen. you got plenty of room for you. Amen. But you've got to see where you're headed. You don't have room for the membership that has not got here yet. You've got to believe. Amen. You've got to see possibilities. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. There are some incredible things ahead in your future. Praise the Lord. You got the right preacher. You've got the right spirit. You've got the right attitude. Amen. You've got an excitement that is just just simmering with, 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 with the ability to just absolutely overtake what is about to happen to you in this house. You need to believe God that the best is yet to come. Believe hallelujah. I've watched the way you respond to your pastor. Amen. Amen. That's a very healthy sign. Praise God. You won't build a church without a pastor. Amen. Amen. 
When I took the church in Mesquite, or it was in Dallas at the time, Brother Hush and I were doing a funeral one day, and we got in the car to go from the, from the church to the cemetery, and he reached over and he patted me on the leg. I was driving, he patted me on the leg, and he said, Pastor, he said, I'm in the hardest ministry of my life. And I was a young man. I was 27 years old. He was 65. I said, what do you mean the hardest ministry? He said, I must decrease and you must increase. And he knew that the only thing that would make a church successful is it gets behind its pastor. Believe in his vision. Believe in what God is leading him to do. And you will not go wrong. You will not flounder if you will do that. In Jesus' name, praise God. Amen. Now, I don't know all of you here. I don't know your spiritual temperature. I get a good sense that overall things feel pretty healthy here. But I'm going to tell you that there are a lot of good folks in the world without the Holy Ghost. A lot of good folks without the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, some years ago, I got so frustrated at just trying to have revival. I, I, I told the church, I said, you know what our problem is? We can't find any sinners. Everybody in Dallas says they're saved. You can't find a good sinner no more. The ones we do find are so messed up. Amen. It's, it's just not an easy thing. You just can't find good sinners anymore. Everybody, if you ask them, are you saved? Yes, they're saved. Amen. Amen. There are a lot of good people in this world without the Holy Ghost. There may be, possibly are some in this house here today that do not have the Holy Ghost. And yet you are good as gold. You, you do good things. Amen. Amen. There are a lot of people who can boast, just like the rich young ruler made this statement. All these have I kept from my youth. Amen. Amen. If you want to start measuring point for point uh, the goodness of people, I'm going to tell you there are some good people that are going to go to hell because they know how good they are and they are counting on that goodness being enough to get them to heaven. But I'm going to tell you there's some things that every one of us have to do if we're going to make it to heaven. Every one of us. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm just going to tell you as good as you may be, amen, as spotless as you may look at your life and believe it to be, amen, you still need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need that. I want you to look with me at those folks at the day of Pentecost. Amen. Let me just tell you, first of all, in John chapter 20 and verse 22, listen to what Jesus said. Amen. The Bible says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He told everybody within listening of him that day something that needed to happen to them. Praise God. 
Amen. Now, I don't think the Holy Ghost is something you get just one time. Amen. I don't think it is just a historic reference point in your past. You, you do need to be able to maybe look back to the time that you first heard the gospel and a preacher preached faith into your soul and you said, you know what? I need what he's saying. I need that to happen to me. And you make your way to an altar. You repent of your sins. They take you to a baptistry and they baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Somewhere along the way, you receive that powerful experience of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. Everybody needs that experience. Amen. But if you look at Acts chapter 2 and verse number 5. Amen. I, I find this very, very interesting. Amen. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now the Holy Ghost has just been poured out. And there is this great feast of Pentecost that has brought people from all over the known world. Pente Jerusalem is full of people from everywhere. They are all there because they have this religious conscience it's a celebration. It's, it's, it's remembering. It's Pentecost. It's the Feast of Pentecost. Amen. Amen. But listen to how the word of the Lord describes them. Devout men. Amen. They have set this date aside to go to Jerusalem for Pentecost. They are so devout. Amen that they have put a value on this religious feast that says, you know what, that's how we're going to spend our vacation. we got a little time off, we're going to go to Jerusalem because we are so committed and we remember the commandment of the Lord. Amen. It was these devout men, good men. Understand, these are religious people that ask the question. Amen. They're the ones that ask the question in verse 37, what shall we do? They were stirred by the Holy Ghost had just been poured out and Peter has stood up and began to preach that first message at Pentecost and as a result of his preaching, they are under conviction. Devout people, religious people, good people, Amen. But they're asking the question, what shall we do? Amen. And then Peter gives the answer in verse number 38. It's been our candy stick for years. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hang on a second. What do you mean? These devout men, these good people, these religious people. Amen. They are good men, but they need to repent. They need 
need to do something in their life. As good as they are, they need to do more. Amen. I am telling you today that good people need the Holy Ghost. If you go over to the 8th chapter of the book of Acts, you'll find an interesting story there that took place in Samaria. Amen. Amen. There, 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 there was an incredible revival. Philip had gone there to preach, and God was doing incredible things. They were having all kinds of things happening. Amen. In order for that to happen, there was a lot of faith. There was a lot of response that was so positive. Amen. Amen. I don't know how much they believed God, but they believed enough to see miracles taking place. Amen. Everything you could imagine was happening in Samaria in Philip's revival, but none of them were receiving the Holy Ghost. Philip was preaching his heart out. People were having good things happen, but none were receiving the Holy Ghost. The lame were walking. The blind were seeing. The dumb were talking. People were rejoicing. And still, amen, there was something lacking. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Well, i tell you what I've noticed over the years, and particularly in my travels among the district, amen, I see continually in a church the one thing that will excite a church more than anything else is when somebody gets the Holy Ghost. All you've got to do is announce from the pulpit, this person has just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and there is a rejoicing that comes across the house. Amen. Because we all who have received the Holy Ghost, we know what has happened to that person. We understand the value of that experience. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And so with all of that that was happening in Samaria, they were not getting the Holy Ghost. And they needed, understand, it wasn't, it would have been nice if it would have happened. They needed the Holy Ghost. They appreciated the miracles. They were rejoicing at all of that. But they needed the Holy Ghost. And so, so they sent Peter and John there, amen, to preach to them. Amen. And you know the story. Peter preached, they began to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. There was one sorcerer there had been watching. You know what's interesting about that? That sorcerer didn't ask when they were getting healed. He didn't ask when lame people were, were, were getting up to walk. He didn't ask when blind eyes were opening. He didn't ask for any of that power. But when he watched Peter and John lay hands on people and watched the transforming power that took place in the influence of the Holy Ghost, he went to Peter and he said, Hey, he said, I want to buy. Buy some of that. I want you to sell me the ability to change. It wasn't just the initial experience. It was the change that he was seeing in people. Amen. When you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to be different than you were. That's just a fact. The initial sign of the receiving the Holy Ghost is speaking in other tongues. Amen. But you know what's going to happen? You're going to begin to bear fruit in your life 
as evidence of the change in your life. That sorcerer, Simon the sorcerer, began to see the change in those people's lives. And he said, I want to be able to impact people that way. The apostle looked at him and he said, Thy money perish with thee, for thou hast thought the gift of God might be purchased with money. Amen. Folks, you cannot write a check big enough to this pastor and to the building program. You cannot by this experience. Amen. As wonderful as this pastor is, he has never been able to give anybody the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But he preaches a message and he presents a God who can take any hard sinner and change their life. Amen. Amen. Every one of us in this house need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I feel something stirring. Somebody's just about to get the Holy Ghost in this house. You don't have to wait for an altar call. Amen. If you get enough faith where you're sitting, amen, just lift your hands and say, God, I believe. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. You can begin to speak in other tongues. You can begin to speak in other tongues right where you're sitting. Hallelujah. Amen. I went over to the 10th chapter of Acts. I read about a, a wonderful man. I'm telling you, I wish that things would be said of me that are said of this man, Cornelius. Tenth chapter of Acts is unbelievable. Here's Cornelius. He prayed. He fasted. He feared God. He was a generous giver. And he did this consistently. And yet, during his prayer meeting one morning, he has a vision. And an angel of the Lord comes to him and tells him, Cornelius, your prayers and your alms have come up before God. God is well pleased with your lifestyle and what you're doing. So here's what God wants you to do. He wants you to send to Joppa to a man named Peter. And Peter's going to come and tell you what's lacking. Now wait a minute. Praying, fasting, giving, and yet there's something lacking. By anybody's measure, what was said of Cornelius in that opening of Acts chapter 10, we would love for that to be said of us. I'd like to be known as a praying man. I don't know if I am known that way or not, but I'd like to be. I'd like to be known 
as, as a fasting man. We've, we've, we've tried to uh, lead the church through the years in fasting periods of time and then in our own private personal devotion, set days aside to fast. And, but I don't know that anybody will ever think, connect me with fasting. I'd like to be known as a giving person. I've, I've, I've tried to give. I've tried to be faithful with my tithe. I've, I've tried to give sacrificial offerings. I've tried to do all these things. But I don't know that anybody, when they think of me, will ever connect me with giving. But this is what is said about Cornelius. And yet, the angel said, there's something more. There's something you need. Amen. Amen. His goodness. Everything that I know about Cornelius was, was, was superior to most people. But he did not have the Holy Ghost. And he needed more than anything else in this world. He needed the Holy Ghost. You think about that. Amen. And I always found this interesting. You know the story. They got Peter to come. There was a vision. Peter had to go through quite a training course to, to get him to go because there was a lot of, 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 of religious pious back then. And uh, Peter's a Jew. Cornelius is a Gentile. And Peter, Peter argues with the Lord. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I'm a Jew. I don't, I, don't, I don't go into the house of Gentiles. You know, and so that, that's a whole interesting message in itself. But finally, he goes. Amen. And when he gets there, he starts preaching. Now, this is not my message, but this is interesting. This is good for pastor. He'll pick this up sometime. Amen. The Bible says when Peter got there, the house was full. Cornelius had gotten every friend, every family member, everybody. The house is full, and they are waiting for Cornelius to preach. And the Bible says while Peter yet spake, the Holy Ghost fell on all those who heard. Now, I had always believed that everybody in the house got the Holy Ghost. But no, no. They may have or they may not have. It was everybody that listened. It was everybody that heard. Not everybody there may have been paying attention. But everybody that heard received the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's a powerful thing. But then I go on over to the 19th chapter of Acts. And here again, I meet some devout people. This was always an interesting thing. Paul comes upon some of the disciples of John the Baptist. John's been dead for a long time. Yeah, but you know what that tells me? That even during the time of Jesus' ministry on earth, there was a devout church just down the road called the followers of John. And they stayed loyal to John's teaching. They didn't follow all this newfangled stuff. They didn't embrace this Jesus. No, no, they didn't know. They knew John. John was tried and proven. And so they were staying with what John taught. Amen. Amen. And Paul greets them. You know, today we see one of them. We say, praise the Lord. How are you? I, I say that often. I shake some, If I see your pastor, I don't care if I see him at a service station, in the mall, at the restaurant, in the prayer room. I shake, I'm going to say, praise the Lord. 
that's just a that's just a standard greeting. Amen. Well, back in that day, apparently the greeting was, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since you believed? <laughs> Meet up with somebody you haven't seen since college. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Amen. They, they looked back at him and said, We don't know anything about the Holy Ghost. Well, the next question was, how were you baptized? Well, we were baptized under John's baptism. Well, you know, Paul didn't say, well, John was wrong. John was a good man, but he was off on that. No, no, he, they, he didn't criticize him at all. We need to learn that. I got a lot of friends in, in denominational churches. They don't understand this truth. They think I'm a nut. But you know what? I'm going to try to see the good in all that they're doing. I'm not going to criticize them. I don't, I, I don't think they've got everything they need, but I'm going, to, I'm going to try to make them a friend. I'm going to do all I can to do that. Amen. Paul, uh, Paul looked at them and he said, he said you know what? He said, he said John... John preached repentance. That's, he said, he said John, John preached a great message of repentance, but do you not remember what John said? Do you not remember the rest of his message? He said there was one coming after him that John wasn't worthy to even lace up his shoes. Amen. And that he would baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Hallelujah. You know what Paul did? Paul took them. He rebaptized them in the name of Jesus. He didn't criticize the way they'd been baptized, but he said, you know what? We've got to do this right. Amen. He rebaptized them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Then he laid hands on them and they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm talking about good people. I'm talking about people that were exceptional in all they were doing. Amen. I'm just telling you today that if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need to get it. Amen. And I believe that Jesus is here in this house right now to give you the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. You don't have to add to it. You don't take away from it. Amen. Amen. You don't, you don't go beyond the word of God for evidence. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is that you will speak in tongues. Amen. You don't have to fall out in the spirit to get the Holy Ghost. A lot of people, that happens sometimes. Amen. My daddy, when he came to the, whole, came to the Lord, amen, was seeking the Holy Ghost, he told my mother, after about six weeks of seeking the Holy Ghost, he told my mother, he said, you know what? He said, I've never been, felt anything like this. I don't understand a lot about it. There's things that I just don't have it figured out yet. He said, I don't have any problem with them running. I don't have any problem with them dancing. I don't have any problem with them shouting. I don't have any problem with them. He said, but I will never understand this falling out stuff. He went to church that night. When he received the Holy Ghost, he was flat on his back, had rolled under the piano, and was talking in other tongues. 
But that's not necessary to get the Holy Ghost. But when you get the Holy Ghost, the one thing you will do is speak in other tongues. Amen. It didn't say they received and fell out. They received and spoke in tongues. Amen. Amen. It doesn't say that you will speak a few words. It says they began to speak in tongues. Amen. I think sometimes we've made a, made a little bit of a mistake. We may have shortchanged some people because they, they, they made a sound we didn't understand. And we, we began to tell them, that's it, that's it, that's it. Amen. When they got the Holy Ghost, they began to speak in other tongues. Amen. Some people will say, after getting the Holy Ghost, say, you know what? I didn't have the joy that I thought I would have. Amen. Can I just let you know that great joy is not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Joy will take care of itself. Amen. Amen. I've had people even say, well, you know what? I don't feel like I thought I would feel. Bible doesn't say that you're going to feel like you think you ought to feel. The Bible says when you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in other tongues. That's what's going to happen to you. Now, I got news for you. I don't know that I've ever prayed for anybody that didn't feel better, that didn't have joy. I've had some that, 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 that were totally out of control. I've seen many that were out of control. But others were just, it was their demeanor or whatever. They, they came down, they prayed, they didn't show a lot of emotion. But the Bible doesn't say that you have to show a lot of emotion. I had somebody tell me, I don't know if they really got the Holy Ghost or not. You know, they didn't act too happy. The Bible doesn't say you'll act happy. Come on, get this. Get this. Don't, don't, don't layer this thing up on people. Don't say, well, I tell you what, when I got the Holy Ghost, I really got the Holy Ghost because I, 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 I'm telling you, I, 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 I loved everybody. <laughs> Bible, I'm going to tell you, the Bible doesn't say that you'll love everybody. That that's a sign. That, now, you, you're, you're going to have to deal with that. There's some things you've got to deal with. Amen. Amen. But, 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 but when you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in other tongues. So here's my question back to you. Do good people need the Holy Ghost? Absolutely, they do. Amen. I, I, I read this in the fourth chapter of Acts and uh, uh, verse 31. And this, this has always meant a lot to me because, because I talk in tongues every day. Now, it doesn't say you have to do that. I'm just telling you that's, that's me. I, I've got the Holy Ghost since I was a child. It is not hard for me to talk in tongues. Amen. Matter of fact, Quite often, probably more times than not, when I get down to pray, I just immediately start talking in tongues. It's just, it's, it's, 
some people in modern times have called it a prayer language. I don't, I don't use those terms, but, but I'm just saying that it is easy for me to yield to that spirit that is in me. Amen. It's easy. Uh, but, but you don't need to have just a date in time. I think that when you get the Holy Ghost, it is a common, regular part of your prayer life. Amen. I really, I really believe that. Praise God. Amen. I found this in the fourth chapter of Acts, verse 31. Amen. Peter's in prison. The church has gotten together for a prayer meeting. They're praying for his deliverance. And, and, and in the midst of all of that, amen, the Bible says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were, the house where they were, was shaken. We all know that verse. But then it said, now understand, these are people Probably many of them, if not all of them, had, had been received the Holy Ghost at the day of Pentecost. They, the, the church is brand new. They've gathered now for a prayer meeting. They've got a problem. They need a, a, a brother that needs deliverance. He's in prison for preaching this gospel. And we've got to pray and get an answer from the Lord. Amen. And while they're praying, there is a great move of God in that house. But the Bible says something that just excited me when I saw it many years ago. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They were all filled. These were people that went to that prayer meeting with the Holy Ghost. But they got it again. They got it again. you got to understand what I'm saying to you. Praise God. Amen. You need the Holy Ghost. It matters not how good you are. Your goodness is not going to save you. Amen. The only thing that will save you is that experience of the Holy Ghost that only God can give. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me in Jesus' name. Praise God. You've been a beautiful congregation. And I, I appreciate I appreciate uh, your, your attention this morning. Amen. But I'm going to tell you that in the closing moments of this service, if there is somebody here today, I don't care how good you think you are, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's what you need more than anything else in this world. Amen. Get that and uh, it will change your life. Praise God. It doesn't mean that you're not going to make mistakes. That you're not going to uh, mess up. That you're not even going to have maybe an, ex a, 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 an emotion that you shouldn't have sometime. But with the Holy Ghost, there is a convicting power. That presence of God is in you. And it's not going to be uh, 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 resident with things that are not right with the Holy Ghost. Uh, amen. It's going to register a, 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 a need for you to make that right. So in Jesus' name, if you need the Holy Ghost today, I'm just inviting you right now to step out from where you are. Make your way down here to the front. There are people that want to pray with you. God wants to fill you full of the Holy Ghost. It's not hard to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. We, we've made it sometimes way too hard. Amen. We, we've, we've put some requirements that I don't think the Bible requires. Amen. You need to come repenting of your sin and let God do for you what He wants to do in your life in Jesus name hallelujah I'm going to bring pastor back brother pastor come in the name of the Lord amen let's lift our hands right now and pray in Jesus name
Come on, let's just lift our hands all across this building right now.